Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Today's topic is making your best priorities. Our calendars are funny things, aren't they? They're just a simple page of paper with numbers on it, representing the start of a new day. It can be a beautiful nature calendar that hangs on your kitchen wall or a special app on your iPhone, or like me, a ratty piece of paper that reminds me of the gazillions of things I have to do. Not just day by day, but minute by minute. Funny thing is, the more organized we get, the more we think we can add to our calendars. And the more we add, the more disorganized we become the more frazzled our minds and weary our bodies and short-fused and disconnected we become. Let's walk into my life for just a minute. We'll use me as an example today. The lovely spring weathers arrived, and along with this arrival came a surprise snowfall last week. That wasn't on my calendar. But here's the list that was on my calendar. To call my friend Jennifer and discuss the new overhaul for our website, to write four radio shows and chat with two station owners about airing the program, to prepare the ministry newsletter and answer emails and Facebook messages, work on the next chapter of my Bible study book, rehearse two talks I have coming up for the next weeks, and make something fabulous for Farmer Dean. There you go. Let's be honest, this is a ridiculous list, and I've set it up for myself. And you know what? I've set up myself for stress, high blood pressure, and failure. Is this how your life is going? Does this represent your calendar? Well, remember when we were in grade school and we had to learn our adverbs? Remember the words where, when, why, and how? Well, where, when, why, and how did we ever get to a place where our lives were this busy? They were running us. We weren't running them. We're not machines. We're not technology. We're mere flesh and blood, and we can only do what we can do. So we have to begin to prioritize. Perhaps your child doesn't need to be in four different sporting events or attend three different summer camps. Maybe you and I don't need to be involved with four different organizations where we're volunteering, or maybe we don't really need 12 close friends. Maybe we don't have to make Food Network-style meals every night of the week. In my ministry, each year since we've started in 2008, we see a decline of women who attend our fabulous conferences. The one-day event is 8.30 to 3, and women continue to desperately need help They say, I don't think I can be gone that many hours. How can we remedy this? How can we make great priorities and make them stick? Well, with me on today's show, I welcome Best Life Ministries Promotional Coordinator and Women's Director at Peace Lutheran Church in Faribault, Minnesota, Julie Carver, my sweet friend. Welcome, Julie. Thank you so much for having me, Kathy. I really appreciate it. Oh, I'm glad that you're here because we're going to be talking about making your best priorities. And today, Julie, I have the worst headache from just this morning's work at my house (laughs) and my little office. All of the people that are scrambling around me that need something, that need this, need that, you know, mail this out, come and meet with me for coffee. I need help. It, It gets to be overwhelming. And so you and I are going to talk a little bit about a trend that we see happening in today's lives. So here's my first kind of question to get us rolling. Today's women, Julie, are getting more and more inundated with busyness. I know I am. I know you are, you know, because we talk and we're friends and we chat about it. When Mm -hmm. did you really start to notice this as a women's director, as a mom, a grandma, you know, 
when did you begin to really see things changing? Well, you know, I, when I was thinking about that, um, my children were young in the 80s, and time seemed simpler. We weren't so scheduled. It was more relaxed. Mm-hmm. And I was able to find time to get together with other women, moms, and kids. We would have Bible study, enjoy fellowship, encouragement, and love by sharing faith in Jesus. And then our children played around us. They were there. Right. They were around us. Right. And then school happened, and activities happened. And we did get more busy, and so we kind of got away from that because of all of those things. But what I see, I see the same thing happening now, but in a much, much bigger way in the lives of women. And I know that all the activities with family, and especially kids and, and work and social media, all kind of tie into those, those issues in this day. That's so true. And, you know, it's something that I don't remember very frequently. I mean, I'm so busy and I've got my feet, you know, sunk in the river of Facebook and LinkedIn. And and that really does take time if you're following what your friends are doing and other people. The more friends you have, the more people are in front of you. That is something social media is eating up time. And also, I notice that for um, you and I with having kids the same age, you're right. I would have women that would come over for coffee. Your kids would play out on the swing set we'd talk, you know, I would go to work at night. Um, and, and so things were different. I was working at, you know, behind the target counter in, in the evening so that my husband could babysit. And uh-huh. um, it's yeah. really different right now because women are so busy. And I think, you know, it's, it's great to realize that we all understand we're busy, but now it's a, a difficult issue to figure out how can we make priorities? What can we do? And I want to know, you know, other than Facebook and social media, what else are you seeing? You know, you're from Faribault. What else are you guys seeing there that is pulling um, women into this shift where women, you know, are so busy that they're actually not wanting to invest in each other or quiet time or church events? I mean, you know, this is a real switch for us at Best Life Ministry. We started out, you know, eight years ago with 350 women to conferences coming. And, you know, like this weekend we had 62, which is wonderful, but, you know, a really big switch. What are you seeing? Well, you know, I don't think that it's, I think women, that they, it's not that they don't want to participate in church or ministry events. And I believe that they still hunger for a deep relationship with Jesus. But one of the big barriers, I think, are that women are exhausted mm-hmm. by the schedules that they're trying to balance. Yeah. Um, the world we live in pressures people to be the best, the best at their job, the best mom, the best at getting their children into available activities or so-called opportunities, and the overcommitment to the things that are not spiritually motivated. Right. And, and at the end of the day, they're tired. That's right. Exactly. I feel that way. And you know, a lot of what I'm doing is spiritually motivated, but I'm still tired. And I yes. think a lot of it has to do with all of the choices, Julie. And I know you've got cute little grandbabies. Don't you see that, you know, so much differently than when we had our kids? There's so many more opportunities for yes. kids today that it's hard for people to say, this is good and this isn't. You know, I want to mm-hmm. do this and not. I have a really hard time saying no to people. Um, so people will call and say, can I meet you for coffee and tell you my life story? Okay. I, I don't really, you know, know them, don't want to, don't want to say no. Um, do you right. ever, do you ever have that yourself? You know, I, I do, but I think I've gotten better at learning to say no. Um, okay. Because when I, when I over 
book myself, I find that I'm not good at anything. Mm, and so, um, so I've, I've really taken to, I have one day off during the week, and I've really come to value that day and try not to overbook things and take that time to just sit a little bit and relax and do some reading and reconnect spiritually, especially um, do extra reading in my Bible that day or extra studying on the women's study that I might be teaching during that time. I love that, Julie, because that's really showing that your priority is making sure that you're still close to God and it, and you're not doing it, you know, every single moment where you're reading extra or doing extra work, you're actually setting time specifically aside to do that. Tell me how you get past what my trouble is, is feeling that overwhelming guilt. And last week, Pastor Louie and I talked about approval addiction. And so I realize some of it's probably connected, but how do you not feel guilty if, you know, five people call you and they need things and you have to say no? Well, I think for me, uh, it's, again, it's gotten easier to say no because I used to, I still care what people think about me, but Mm -hmm. not in the same way as I used to because it's become more important to me um, how how God feels about me or what my relationship with God is. It comes first. And if someone is, doesn't approve of that, maybe that time I take away on a Thursday instead of doing going out to lunch with a friend, if I've already um, had too many things going on that week, I'm not going to go. I need to stay home and, and take that quiet time and that rest time. And God tells us to go away and rest. Mm -hmm. and get that quiet time with him. Absolutely, and we see that in Scripture, especially when Jesus has been helping all of these people and the disciples are tired and they want to go home and Jesus gets in the lake and crosses and says, you know, I'll meet with you and he goes to pray. And so we know that it's valuable. Um, Some of the things that, you know, we see at Best Life Ministries, and I know that you see because you're a women's director and you've got Bible studies and you do events, we see that more and more women on Saturdays don't want to take more than a few hours away. They, they feel like I do, guilty, because mm-hmm. they don't want to say no because they really want to be there, but they can't say yes because they've been gone or they just they don't want to commit. I guess that's what I see more and more is kind of a, a, you know, a feeling of, I don't know, days. They just don't want to commit until that moment. And I'm wondering... Um, you know, how do you feel about that? Are you seeing the same thing that we are, that women don't want to sit still? It's that hurried busyness, so they're used to running. It's hard for them to, to actually sit and focus. Well, I think you're, a lot of people are uncomfortable with just stopping and mm. being quiet oh, so and true. being still. They have things running through their mind, and our society values multitasking. And it does. It does. Not just sitting still and emptying ourselves. Mm-hmm. Again, here, as we had spoke about earlier, social media, I do think, plays a part in this situation because we are able to pull up a, a Christian broadcast, a podcast, for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. listen to Christian radio, sign up for daily email devotionals. And I don't think that those are bad things, but we need to be aware that they can't replace the need for real interaction That's right. with God's people in the church. You yep. know, for example, the women's conferences digging into the Word of God on our own. And um, so I think that that's another issue in this time that we haven't had in the past. And I think one of the really smart things that you talked about um, just in this you know, answer that you gave us is that women really do have an issue with stopping. You know, our society really does pressure you. You're a hero. The more that you can do, the more you juggle, the better you are. 
We see it on Facebook. You know, there's a lot of comparison. Here's what I'm doing. People get depressed because they can't keep up. And so I think about that. I think about people stopping. This morning, my friend Kathleen, she's our friend, called and Mm -hmm. said, you know, how are you feeling? And I said, I am exhausted. I'm tired. I almost feel a little discouraged today. And she said, well, it's not any wonder because everything has stopped. And now you're kind of feeling that dizzy whirling on the merry-go-round of life because you actually can take a breath, you know. And I think that that's one of the things that we as women have to be really responsible for. Our our family, our children look to us. Our grandchildren look to us. Our, our spouse looks to us for encouragement and for, you know, leadership. We partner with our husbands to be leaders over these little kids' training. And so I think it's important that we prioritize. And I know you as a working mom and grandma um, are so good about taking care of your um, babies. Tell the listeners what you call your grandbabies. Oh, I call them my joy bombs. I love There's it. There's eight of them. <laughs> I love joy them bombs. so much. That makes me so happy. How do you guys prioritize as a family? How do you and your husband, you know, um, make those kids and grandkids a priority? And what tips can you offer us today to take control over your calendar? So for me, you know, there's a few steps for me that work. I have to work on at this. And personally, I do have that deep spiritual need to spend time with God in His Word and doing the Bible study and prayer, and I have to be intentional about it. Um, I get up very early in the morning before I begin my day, and I find that this quiet time with Jesus is a gift. It mm. gives me great peace. It helps me focus on the day ahead in my walk with Him throughout the day. Um, and then, of course, after God, my family is a top priority. Uh, first of all, I pray for them, and I talk to them about um, how Jesus is important in our lives and what a difference He can make. I do make myself available to them, and again, I look at them also as a gift. And the joy that they bring to me, I'm thankful. I'm reminded also of looking at other things throughout the day and pointing that out to family and, and to other people that in just in the everyday ordinary things, watching grandchildren grow, um, watching them play the sunshine, this beautiful day that we have today, listening to the birds, Christian music, something that um, moves my heart when I'm listening to it, and I'm very grateful. Mm -hmm. I think that's wonderful. One of my friends, Jennifer, who helps a lot with Best Life, she helped us get started. She um, did all of our, our website and photos. And I mean, she was just really wonderful. She still partners with me and helps me. Um, she mentioned just recently that one thing that really helps her is that she finds a person or a couple of people, and that's who she follows um, other than God and, and reading scripture. But I think that's so important because she's prioritizing with putting her family first, God first, her family, her husband and kids and then as she's trying to seek, you know, some spiritual help, she's not logging on to 20 different places and following all of these different people. Because we have to remember that even if we want to help ourselves grow, we have to be, you know, in charge of our time. And it's such an incredible gift. And when you talk about watching your grandchildren out playing in the sunshine and listening to inspiring music, I think that's something that we have to put on our calendar. We have to make ourselves think this is a priority. Um, I think about Julie. I picked up my grandsons last week and I said, we're going to pray for your mom and dad. They were gone to Mexico on vacation. So we were helping babysit. 
And Jonah and Noah said, oh, nanny, do we have to pray? We always pray. Now they're like five, five and three. And I said, yeah, we're going to pray. And so I began and I said, you know, dear God, we want to just pray for Joshua and Alexis. And right away, Noah, the three-year-old says, no, nanny, that's not their names. Their names are mom and dad. I loved it, Julie. It was so fun to me because, you know, we're, we are doing exactly what you said, trying to implement into our family, the goodness of God, the encouragement that he gives us, you know, and the priorities, which is putting him first. And I, I feel like he's dropping and slipping lower and lower on our priority list every day in people's Mm -hmm. worlds because we're really busy. And I think it's, it's a ploy from the enemy to be this busy. So we're going to be back listeners in just a few minutes with my friend and promotional coordinator for Best Life Ministries, Julie Carver, after this song, God Day by Jen Stanbro. Listen to the words as they encourage you that when you begin to feel like me overwhelmed by that calendar, you ask God, how can I do it all? He responds, meet with me, have time with me, put me first. I'm going to help you. And that's what this song is about. So let's give it a listen. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. Set aside this time for you I bow before the throne of a noble king And in this place my heart begins to sing It's gonna be a good day A good day filled with his grace His grace and sweet new mercy May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in His way by His Spirit with each breath that I take. It's feeling like a God day.
right back with my friend Julie Carver, and she is going to just answer this last and final question. Julie, if you think about, you know, the fact that we're so busy and we need to make priorities and put God in our, you know, in our our calendar every single day, um, what could you tell people about that today? What can you encourage them about, men and women, about creating space and balancing priorities to encourage them? You know, if I were going to say the number one thing that has changed my life is that I now make time for God every day, in the first thing in the morning, every day. Um, and a person can start small. You can get up 15 minutes early. You can check, you can cross one thing off that calendar that makes you feel stressed out and it does not bring you joy. Mm. Just start small. I would right. just take the first step. Because the closer you get to God, the more quiet, the more time you spend with Him, it's like getting to know a person. You, the more time you spend with them, the better you get to know that person. Right. And it's the same same way with our Lord and Savior. So be in the Word, spend time with God. And Second Corinthians four eighteen says, "So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Then your Father, who sees you, sees what is done in secret." will reward you. My calendar is still full, but it's peaceful because I walk one day at a time with Jesus and his presence enables me to experience that joy and the blessings that I have through him. I cannot even tell you how overwhelming God can make you feel if you walk with him. That's so wonderful. Julie, thanks so much for being on the show today. Blessings to you. Thank you, Kathy. You also. Friends, one of my major priorities, obviously, is my husband, Farmer Dean, and so we love to make time for movies. Um, we will run into town and watch a movie that's here that we love, or sometimes we'll drive to a neighboring city, but we've got to have our milk duds and our popcorn. And so today, for the bottom line, we've got Riley Erickson. He's going to share the movie review on a movie Dino and I watched, and it was Risen. Here is Riley Erickson. Hi, and welcome to another installment of The Bottom Line. This week we'll be discussing the film Risen. How far would a person go to discover the truth, and what concessions would be made along the way if that truth ran counter to what had been taught and accepted as the definitive way of life both culturally and socially? These are just a few of the many questions that will arise in the minds of those placed inside the visual retelling of the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus in the film Risen. Unlike many films that have focused on excerpts from the New Testament, Risen chooses to bring the viewer into the story through the lens of a hard-working, driven, high-ranking Roman soldier. The viewer's first encounter with Clavius, played by Joseph Fiennes, sets the tone for the remainder of the movie. Quick and unwavering, Clavius' skills in battle highlight his character development as cunning, resourceful, and preternaturally sure-footed. His military rank and consistency in achieving outcomes that are beneficial to the Roman cause speak volumes in his frequent interactions with Pilate. Tasked with keeping order in the kingdom, Clavius is sent for crowd control on the crucifixion of three men, including Jesus. The film spends little time on the gruesome scene, but the audience quickly sympathizes with the horrific pain that many endured from this form of death. As the struggle for power unfolds, Clavius must balance the entrance of both the Jewish leaders and the Roman authorities when it's discovered that the body of Jesus is missing from the tomb. Corruption and bribery ensue as each group looks for the upper hand, hoping to diminish the following that Jesus had acquired. The search for the truth puts Clavius and his newly appointed aide, Lucius, into a frantic but systematic unearthing of information in hopes to disprove the claim of a resurrected body. With his position on the line, Clavius must make sense of the things he has seen and heard while reconciling those with his own thoughts and feelings. 
The overall pace of the storyline lends a certain documentary-style flair to the film. It keeps the viewer's interest, but not in the typical action-packed, over-the-top sequences intended to gratify the ever-shortening attention span. The content is just enough to satisfy curiosity, while keeping those familiar with the biblical narrative appeased in the visual and historical preservation of the story. For a film that's easy to follow, and its covering of a well-known storyline, there is much depth and substance if one is willing to look for it. Bottom line, while Risen won't gather the attention and acclaim of a mega-dollar Hollywood blockbuster, it quietly asks the question of what really remains important to us throughout our lifetime. Is it fame? Fortune? Friends? Or is it something that can't be bought, earned, or persuaded? As with the story of the resurrection, there's so much more to Risen than what can be seen on the surface. Rated PG-13 for some scenes of violence and disturbing images, Risen has a runtime of 1 hour, 47 minutes. For the Bottom Line Movie Review, I'm Riley Erickson. Friends, let's do some prioritizing. I just want you to think about the steps that I make myself take because otherwise I just get blurry-brained and overwhelmed. Number one, plan by the week. Start small means less stress. So look at the week as a whole and then figure out what is it that you have to do. Number two, identify the things on your list that must be done. Create two columns. Anything that's a must goes in the first column. Anything that isn't, put in the second column. Number three, look at the value of each item. Why are you doing it? When will it be done? Who's a part of the task? How will you get it accomplished? By thinking through things, this helps you organize your thoughts and get clearer priorities. Number four, prioritize. How do you do that? Well, what needs to be done this week without question? You highlight that on your calendar with a yellow marker. Sometimes I tell myself I have to do this and I create a reward if it's something I really dread. Maybe I'll take a half hour nap or I'll watch an hour of South Pacific or I'll make a big pot of ginger peach tea and I'll just go out in the backyard and relax. Number five, invest time in yourself with God. Make the priority of taking minutes here and there to pray, read your Bible, meditate on the good things of God. People who are living day to day without planning are not getting as much done as they could. People who are overly organized are stressed out. People who plan, review, critique are people who succeed. I like to keep my priorities simple. God first, me second, Dean and the family third, ministry work last. Yes, you heard me, I was second on my own list. People might say, wow, what in the world? How selfish. No, I learned a long time ago, if I don't put myself after God, if I don't think about myself and my health and my sleep, I'm no good. I'm not my best. And being my best, best means I'm taking care of myself, and then I can take care of everybody else. Pastor and author John Ortberg says in his book, The Me I Want to Be, the main job is to remain connected to God. When my primary focus is being present with Him, everything else has a way of falling into place. When my primary focus becomes anything else, my inner vitality suffers and I become a lesser version of myself. Friends, if you're anything like me, life gets out of control. I know even just this morning, like I said to my friend Julie, I felt so overwhelmed I couldn't take it anymore. It just seemed like the calendar was jumping off of the page and starting to control me. I felt like a passenger in my own car of life. And that's how our calendars can become, unless we're smart unless we're wise, unless we look for reasons and places within our calendar to make spots of quiet rest, to make spots that are 
just relaxing and doing fun things in life. And you know, I know it's hard, but we have to learn how to say no. And I am just really going to have to work on it because it's hard for me. I love people. I want to be a helper to people. And if you're like me, boy, people will line up. They want your help. They want you to give them advice, to pray for them, to do things, to speak here and go there. But there has to be a limit to what we can do. We're not God. We're not the perfect son of God, Jesus. We're just everyday humans. So I want to encourage you today to take back the control over your calendar and over your busyness. You heard what Julie and I said today. Well, society pressures us to just be busy because those are the heroes. The more busy you are, the more you can post on Facebook and show everybody what you're doing, the more you feel good about yourself. But the truth is deep down inside, yeah, we're not really doing that good. So take back, take back ownership of who you are in your life. If you don't have time to spend with God and other people seeking him, if you don't have moments to breathe within your week or time for rest, time for naps, for healthy being, there's something wrong with your priorities and with mine. Let me pray with you. Dear Jesus, I pray for each one of us as we race from place to place, from duty to task. Give us insight on what's most valuable. Help us to desire to live with you in the present and to control priorities. In Jesus' name, amen. If you missed last week's show, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes at Kathy Weckworth, your best. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best. Yeah.